Okay, so you guys know that I love podcasts. I love anything from health, wellness, spirituality, uh, psychology, the works. I'll listen to anything. And you know I love the Skeptic Metaphysicians podcast. I was a guest on it. It was a lot of fun. And if you need to go back and listen to the episode, you know where to find it. But check them out. Skeptic Metaphysicians. They have the most interesting people on just just full of knowledge i hear about topics that i'm not really that familiar with in regards to spirituality so if you like my show and i really hope you do because you're listening please go and check them out skeptic metaphysicians Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. I'm sitting here recording this episode about a week after the horrible massacre in Texas where the children and teachers were shot. And uh, Carrie Hummingbird, our guest today, uh, we're going to talk about the mother wound perception, uh, how she's dealt with it, uh, how others should probably wake up and see why these things happen even though they're terrible they happen for a reason we're going to talk about her book uh she is the host of the soul nectar show she's the number one international best-selling author of the second wave transcending the human drama um also she's won an award for awakening to me one woman's journey to self-love talks about her spiritual awakening she inspires people to really lead their lives wide awake with passion authenticity purpose uh she is now here to talk about love is fierce healing the mother wound it's a i have no word it's such a beautifully well-written just a holy 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 book it's it's beautiful it's something that i think everyone needs to read it's really eye-opening uh she's also a healer and she's certified in energy medicine uh empowerment and firewalk training she's a warrior goddess facilitator she's just so accomplished and just so wise and i'm so happy to have interviewed with her and when you're gonna hear this episode you're just gonna be touched and here's carrie hope you guys enjoy her Spirit and what does it embody? Yeah, so, well, the Great Spirit is the one thing that's going on here. It's what some people call God, Source, Creator, Universe, the Oneness, Consciousness. It's everything. And it's just a word. Uh, the Great Spirit is how the indigenous people refer to that, that Christians call God. Mhm. Okay, so do you think now a lot of people are how do you say this like trying to fight the great spirit in a way? Well, I think what's happening is that, you know, we are all part of the great spirit and this experience we're having as a human being is also part of the great spirit. And the thing is that we have this uh, misunderstanding about who we are in truth. You know, when we say, I am, 
uh, we are usually referring to the aspect of us that's in a body. You know, we usually say, oh, I am tired or I am happy or I am going for a walk. And we're we're thinking that the, the way we're talking about ourselves is actually just an aspect of ourselves. We're talking about, you know, the lower vibrational, denser physical form of ourselves. And what we need to understand is that we're actually on a spectrum of consciousness, each one of us, and we also have a higher self. We also have a eternal self. We have a self that is beyond time and space. The Incans call Earth space the pacha, the time and space. It's a place where time and space are relevant. And then beyond that is timelessness, formlessness, and that's the eternal consciousness. And we're all part of the eternal consciousness. Um, so, you know, uh, when we speak from the eternal consciousness space of ourselves and we speak I am from that place, then we have a whole different understanding about life when we're actually speaking from that place. And speaking from that place is a dawning. It's a dawning of your consciousness because you start to realize, oh, I'm more than just my body. Like I am includes my body, but I am is not limited to my body. So there's um, an understanding of yourself as innately divine. And I think that's the shift we're in right now in terms of people's understanding of themselves. Because when you think that you are just the body, you do a whole lot of things from a temporary space not thinking about the bigger picture. Like you're not thinking about even your ancestry or even your descendants. You're just thinking about yourself. But when you start to think about yourself as part of something bigger, then you start to be concerned about the planet. You start to be concerned about descendants. You start to be concerned about the impact of yourself on others because you start to realize that is also me. So my definition of myself has expanded to include everybody I meet on the street, to include all the animals, all the plants, all the rocks, the mountains, the stars in the sky. When my definition of myself includes all of that, I make really different choices than when my definition of myself is just my physical body. And that's the shift of consciousness we're in right now. And religion has taught that, you know, you're just your body and God is somewhere outside of you. Whereas indigenous teachings have always known that you're part of the oneness you're part of everything that is that the plants are also connected to you because indigenous understanding has to do with looking at the way nature operates you know when you look at the way nature operates you see the mycelium networks in you know in the soil you see the trees and how their roots are connected to the soil and the trees are all connected you start to understand yourself as oh if the trees are operating like that i probably am too so um, it's just a different understanding of self, and you make different choices depending on how you're using the word I am. I see. Okay. That, 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 I like that. So would you say, it's safe to say that one of the main themes in your book is self-love, right? All of my books deal with self-love, yes. I mean, my first book is Awakening to Me. That tells the story of um, me living thinking I was a body. And then um, starting to expand beyond that definition and going on my initial foray into, okay, well, if I'm more than my body, what am I? And that book right. is Awakening to Me, you know. And then the Wave book 
is a channel text, actually, is when I started really opening to the highest expression of myself, which I call White Eagle. And um, that self knows a whole lot more than I know in my body. And so I, I expand into that understanding, that ascended understanding of myself, and I tap into that wisdom and I bring it down. And it, um, it registers with a high level of truth in people who read it. Their body responds as truth, their hearts open as truth, because it's operating at a much higher frequency than um, an individual embodied perspective, right? So it's like, wow, that's really true. And then the last book was Love is Fierce, which is um, all about healing the mother wound. And the mother wound is the wound of separation, which we've all been experiencing. We've all been experiencing this idea that somehow we're not divine. (laughs) Somehow we're not all connected, which is a lie. It's it's just a, a ruse. It's something that we've been exploring as conscious beings, like what would it be like if we thought we weren't, you know, divine? <laughs> we found out, you know, and so now it's time to go back. You know, it's, it's, it's healing the mother wound of separation and remembering who we are in truth, remembering ourselves as part of an ancestry, you know, forgiving our parents for not knowing any better and, and really bringing um, cohesiveness and harmonics back into, you know, our family systems and back into the planet. I see. So th- those are the other themes they are in the book, right? Yes, there's tons of information in the books. The second wave is a lighter read um, for anybody who's kind of like, well, what's the the easiest thing I could digest? The second wave book is the lightest, the lightest read. And then, you know, Love is Fear Telling the Mother Moon is the deepest because it's going it, to, you know, it's an embodied text, which means that um, it has healing frequencies. Um, so mm-hmm. as you read the book, it's going to awaken your consciousness to things that are also true for you. And when that awakens within you, it starts an alchemical process of healing that you're mm-hmm. going to go through feeling it to heal it. Yeah. So that's what that's for. I love it. Feeling it to heal it. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, could you could you get into more of the mother wound and like misconceptions around it? Maybe explain it more for people. Yeah, because a lot of people say, Oh, well, I love my mother. She was perfect. Right. You know, she didn't do anything wrong. And yeah. And, and it's not really about that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. what it is, is that, and I think that we can all agree that over the last thousands of years, women have been mistreated. So, um, you know, women have been used as property um, used for, you know, fulfillment of masculine people. Um, women have been used uh, to um, really uh, have been relegated into roles, right? Like this is your role in life and not really given a whole lot of freedom or autonomy about who who they are in truth inside, you know, what's their heart calling them forth to be. Uh, so because of that, there's all kinds of themes in the collective and everyone's ancestry of women being um, disempowered and mistreated. And when a woman in her body has whatever consciousness she has, when she's forming a baby in her womb, she's actually forming the baby in her consciousness. So in, and she inherits her consciousness from her ancestry. So, and from her community and from her environment and from what she thinks about herself and her own choices of belief. So, 
when you're, you know, become a mother, you realize this. It's kind of like something you go through and you say, wow, this is way more profound than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and you, you're, you know, just dating this baby and you're wondering to yourself, can this baby hear all of my thoughts? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 It, yes, the baby can. And, you know, so your state of consciousness is influencing the baby's brain as it's being formed. And, and so, um, you know, not to go into judgment of self over this, this is just the mechanism, this is how it works, this is how humanity has, has grown and evolved over the last thousands of years, and it's how we share our soul experience, you know, we have to have a starting place to go from, and so, you know, every soul is choosing its starting place, it's choosing its mother, based on the condition of the mother's consciousness, because it wants to experience something along those lines, and so it incarnates, choosing the mother to incarnate into. So don't feel bad about it. Your baby picked you, you know. And But at the same time, now that we're aware of that, we can elevate the paradigm. We can change it. We can bring more empowerment. And because we're turning into the age of Aquarius now, out of the age of Pisces, and the age of Aquarius is all about soul empowerment. So, you know, it's time to get empowered, people. It's time to become sovereign. And, you know, we're going to arrive at unity, not through conformity, not through force, but through alignment with your own divine truth. And we're going to have what's called the synarchy, which Richard Rudd talks about in his work with the Gene Keys. And the synarchy is all about every single soul becoming sovereign and true unto themselves. Know thyself, right? That's the tenet in the Bible. Know thyself. As you know thyself, you step into your true divine nature. You, you automatically get placed in the synarchy where you belong. And now nobody needs to compete over it anymore because we're all meant for certain things, and that's the thing we're meant for. And it's a natural alignment, so it feels good. It feels right. And then that means everyone feels fulfilled. So that's the kind of society configuration we're going into. And when we get into that, we're in synergy. And when we're in synergy, we're in harmony, and we go into new earth. And that's just a different – it's a totally – like it's beyond what we could imagine because our brains are imagining currently – from a state of disempowerment. How could we even imagine what it would feel like to be empowered and have everybody else be empowered? We don't even know what that looks like. So, so that's why we have to surrender ourselves. We have to surrender our will. We have free will. We have free choice. We need to surrender it in trust and faith with our higher self that knows what's going on. And then we can experience miracles. Well said. Uh, there's this little passage that really stuck with me that I'd like to read and have you maybe elaborate more on. So I have, um, I've read, a, I've studied Kabbalah, I've read a lot of Kabbalah books, and this really resonated with me with like what I learned. So it's to birth a sacred creation, you must prepare the vessel. You must honor the vessel through which the cre- creation is birthed. You must open the vessel and flood it with the divine through sacred ritual and prayer. And then you must surrender to the great spirit that is the only force that can birth a, sex, a sacred creation through you as the pre- prepared vessel. So how would you best explain this passage and like how people can um, prepare the vessel, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. So this, once again, is about surrendering that, that will to the divine will, surrendering your will to the divine will, because it's the recognition that, oh, my gosh, I'm in a room in the dark. I'm looking at a lamp, and I'm thinking that's the sun, and I realize it. <laughs> and I realize that there's an actual sun, right. and that I can't even imagine it right now. 
And so I surrender myself to this actual sun, knowing that it is a true light. And as I do that, my consciousness lifts. And when my consciousness lifts, my whole body lifts, my tissues lift, my, you know, my cells lift. And I, I specifically give permission for all patterns to be released from me that are no longer serving my highest good from this level of consciousness. So this is an ongoing process. This isn't like you just hit a button and, okay, well, I woke up and I'm clean or whatever. You know, that, that idea of, like, being clean and dirty and all this kind of stuff. No, it's, it's a matter of, like, progressive awakenings, right? And so every progressive awakening you have informs and instructs the DNA in your body, which is epigenetics, to upgrade itself, you know, with more light. With more light comes more upgrades. And the DNA says, yes, okay, this is the part where we, we awaken. And it knows what to do because it's a mechanism built in. So all you have to do is surrender yourself and commit yourself to the process, and it happens automatically. And, of course, life will show you, you know, things that you need to work on. It will present it to you. So just in case you didn't know that you had an anger problem, it will present it to you. You know, like, here you go. Here's your work, you know. And the people that commit to that and go, oh, this is part of the process of my evolution, without self-judgment, without blame, that's what lifts the consciousness. And so we want to prepare the vessel for, um, you know, a new life, um, you're, you're calling forth, like, we have infinite choice. So what right. place of consciousness are you going to call forth a child from? What, what kind of consciousness do you want to call forth that child from? It's your choice. And then when you make the choice and you do the work and you prepare your vessel, whatever state of consciousness it's at, it's going to match with a soul who says, yes, I like that configuration. I'm going to come into that. So, you know, this is all by agreement. So you get to choose. Where do you want their starting point to be? I was unconscious, so I didn't, I didn't know I had that choice. So mm-hmm. that was by design, too, you know. And what I've done as a mom, because I know many moms are like, well, I didn't know this either, and, and I didn't give my, my child a good prepared vessel. What do I do now? It's right. like, well, do it now. You know, time yeah. is fluid. <laughs> time yeah, is fluid. Right. Yeah, you can go back and help your child. I mean, there's... There's, I do inner child healings, and I do work with moms to help, um, you know, heal these early moments where you go, oh, my gosh, I made such a morbid mistake, or I see right. now in retrospect that that was, you know, I, I could have done that so differently. Yeah, you can go back and do healing work with that. And to honor the soul, the soul who came in, um, you, you know, you want to kind of honor their – you want to check out and make sure that's okay, right, because this might just be your – moment to accept what happened and acceptance itself can bring many many depth deep levels of healing so you know it's it's uh it's a process um for each person in every situation is unique but i have i have done healing work where i realized oh my gosh i didn't when i got married for example from my first husband who i had my children with I was I was very anti-god i don't know why i was anti-god i just was anti-god <laughs> i was like oh. i am against this and so I, I had them strike, like, all references of God out of our marital nuptials. <laughs> like, wow. And I realized, like, like a couple of years ago, like, it was not even, like, two years ago, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was in Peru working with some plant medicine. And I go, oh, my gosh, I, I did that. And that set a chain of events in place for my kids. And then I was like, oh, wait a second, but my mom did that, too, for me. So what I did was I just, I just, in that moment, I said, I, you know, I asked God's source creator to bless the union of my parents so that mm-hmm. bless the, bless my birth. 
I ask for uh, God's first creator to bless my union with the father of my children. I ask you to bless the birth of my children. You know, there, you, there's no, like, you're not too late. It's not too late. You can do it now. I love that. Good. It gives a lot of hope to people who listen to this and they're like, you know, I've made so many mistakes. I can't fix it. I, how can I? But, no, I think you're giving hope to people. So is that what? Yeah, you take step by step. Exactly. Is that why people should read this book? Like, what? why should others read your book? You know, I think if anybody is, like, inspired by this conversation and they say, okay, how? You know, yeah. tell me how. You know, this gives you lots of areas to look at. So I'm a provocateur. You know, I provoke little areas. Um, and I do it not to hurt people. I do it to go, look at this. This okay. is an area that if we heal this, there is so much potential and gold on the other side of going through the process of healing this thing. Look at this thing. And I do it on purpose that way because as we look in our shadows and we look at our places that were triggered, we find gold. We find places of healing. You know, like my choice, right? My choice I just shared. What a gold spot. And, you know, that decision, I have seen that ripple out in real time in my life, in the frequency of my family, in the frequency of the interactions in my relationships with my mom, my relationships with my boys. I have seen that one choice ripple beneficial results all through my family system. It, did, it wasn't a cure-all, but it definitely made a difference. It lifted the whole thing. So we have this opportunity, especially as moms, because as mothers, we are always biologically connected with our children. So whatever we do in our vessels to heal, to uplift, to raise our consciousness, automatically ripples out into our family system. So if your mom is still alive, it's going to automatically ripple to her because she's connected to you. If your kids are, are present and alive, it's going to ripple to them. So it's like it's a beautiful gift, you know, to do your work. It's it, it really is. It just, wow. So, some more, you know, mantras and all that. What are ones that you do daily that you could share? And, like, how does it benefit us exactly? Let's get people pumped to use them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, for mantras, I love recommending Paul Selig's work. I mean, I think his work, uh, he works with the Makiza deck, Ascended Master Teachers. I mean, it's amazing. It's Christ consciousness work and, and not Christ in the sense of a religious thing. You know, it's just, it's a, that's the term they're using to describe the oneness. It could be Buddha consciousness, you know, however you want to take it. But it teaches how to use the power of your word in a way that creates beauty because our words are always creating our world. They always do that. <laughs> they do that all the time. So we have to be mindful and conscious of our words. So when you start to notice that you're using your words unconsciously, meaning in a way that you really don't want to experience the consequences of those words, then it's a good time to stop and say, you know, I am word. <laughs> Reminder, I am word. Word, I am word. And this is all from Paul Selig's material. Um, I, I am, I know who I am in truth. That, mm -hmm. that elevates the frequency, right, of, of like, I know who I am in truth. Oh, I forgot. I, I'm not just a body. I know who I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I am the divine. I know how I serve in truth as I lift my consciousness that lifts everybody else. I am here. I am on earth. I am here in my body. I am here. 
Yeah. And yeah. as we do this, as we say these mantras, and he's got he's got a whole slew of books that you know if somebody just wanted to dive down a course of uplifting mantras, um, you know they're just great teachings and explain the principles behind all of it. I recommend that highly. And you know, and beyond that, like doing some intensive deep dive exploration and working with the energy because um, what I learned, you know, I was in psychotherapy trying to fix myself for, I don't know, 20 years or more, and it didn't really serve me. I mean, it served me in a way because I learned my thought tunnels. You know, I learned right. how my mind works. That was useful, um, but it didn't really change anything substantially, mm -hmm. you know. So when I started, and everybody has their own path. For mine, path, when I started learning that I was energy, that I'm energy, I'm consciousness, and that I could shift that. And when I started learning from the indigenous people and I learned about energy healing and spiritual healing and how, like, you can heal your family system and you can and epigenetics and all of these things, that really turned the dial on for me personally. So everybody has their own path, like I said. But if any of that appeals, you know, then find the teacher. Whatever path inspires you, take the path that inspires. Just find somebody that is already has some success with it, that can share with you what they know and get you off and running on your own path because that's what's going to be inspiring for you. It's going to light you up. So find the path that really inspires you, speaks to you, follow it, commit to it. And then when you've learned everything you can learn, move on to the next thing. You know, so that's, that's kind of what mm -hmm. I recommend. So... What about perception? How do we, how would you recommend that people like let go of the rules and conditions that they learned as kids? Like how can people deal with that? Because I think people who are listening, I think that's what's really coming up in their minds. Oh, we've just been like, I guess, molded into this like different mini versions of our parents. And I know you got a little bit into that, but if you could just a little bit more go into it, it would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, the metaphor I've been using lately, which is, I love it, um, and I should say that I, I do the, this is a really useful tool for this is the gene keys, uh, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S, um, to understand relationships with others and with yourself, because it gives you like a little, mini, like a mini map of your soul's curriculum in this lifetime, the things you came here to learn. Um, I have the shadow of, an, of opinion <laughs> and also the shadow of judgment. So you can imagine um, it's been quite a journey with, with perspective. Um, and, you know, the shadow of opinion, it leads to um, farsightedness. If I open to the gift and I open to my higher frequencies, it, and if I open to my highest frequency, it leads to omniscience, which means I can see 360 degrees around, um, you know, perspective. So what I like to call it, because I've had enough immersion in, in the omniscience at this point, that I say it's like a giant disco ball. So, like, mm. if, we're, if we are just one huge disco ball, and I am one of the tiny little squares on that disco ball, and you are another little tiny square on that disco ball, and there's like 8 billion tiny little squares in the disco ball, and that's just counting humans, because, you know, really there's plants and animals and rocks and everything else. Um, but just for human, the human entity, let's say the human entity is this giant disco ball with 8 billion little faces. I mean, that we are the one thing that's going on, but we're just seeing it through our own little tiny window. And it, what if we could, like, lean out the window of the disco ball and, like, kind of look up and see 
oh my gosh, there's so many other little windows. You know, it even like maybe get to the scaffolding and like climb outside to the next window and look inside and see through that perspective and then climb to another and look over there and see what it looks like from that perspective and then, you know, and move ourselves around. We would learn so much, right? Like, but when we stay fixed in our little window and we think that's the way it is because that's the window that shows us what life is and we think everybody else is wrong because it doesn't look that way in our window, we've missed the point. We've missed Mm. the point. And some people are meant to do that in this lifetime, I'm told. You know, my, my guides tell me, you know, soften that language a little bit sometimes because some people are meant to stay fixed inside their little window to have the experience of being fixed because it's an experience that teaches them something valuable about life by staying fixed in their perspective. They get to experience what happens in a whole lifetime where I'm fixed in my position, probably going to be a lot of arguments, a lot of problems, you know, not a lot of experimentation, you know, going to stay kind of in one place your whole life with one community and one perspective because that's kind of how that box works. But then when you when you get beyond that, you start right. to have lifetimes like I'm having where you go, oh, my gosh, I can actually shapeshift into every single person in this situation. For example, you know, we just had – I'm in Texas and we just had the school shooting at Uvalde, and I have been – you know, it's just, of course, it's, as a mother, it just breaks my heart open. I know it's for purpose, but it's still, you know, as a human being, it hurts me. Um, yeah. You know, I I feel I I feel like I want to wrap my arms around all the little children who lost their lives. I know. But I too. also I also want to wrap my arms around the shooter, the 18 year old boy, because I have sons. Yeah. That have struggled with mental health. And have had a hard time with reconciling what they're hearing in their heads with, you know, how to act and and getting consumed by these ideas in our collective. I want to wrap my arms around all the parents, including the mother of that son. I see all the perspectives. I, I feel, I perceive what I feel to be all those perspectives. And I they all have a place in that disco ball. And they're all a part of a really unique soul curriculum, which is, Granted, extremely painful, and there's so much gold inside of it for all of us to witness. Like, if we want to have a a consciousness in a society where that doesn't happen anymore, what changes do we each need to make? How do we need to take responsibility for the conditions and the collective consciousness that led to that massacre? How can we each take responsibility from our own little window, since we're part of the one disco ball where it happened in, how can we each take responsibility for it? What can we do in our lives? Those are the questions I ask, you know. So kind of how my perspective serves me now. I, I just teared up a bit. Thank you for sharing that. I really enjoyed speaking to you. And I enjoyed your I really enjoyed well. speaking with you. <laughs> it was really touching and it was probably because I read a lot because of the podcast is probably one that's really going to stick with me in a lot of things that I do. So thank you for sharing it. Can you tell everybody where to get it, where to find you? Yes, my website is carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. You can find all of my books there. Also on Amazon, of course, you can find all of my books. You can find my classes and retreats and things like that on my website, carriehummingbird.com. And, um, there's also a free game, the Love Mastery game. I love 
to play that is carriehummingbird.com forward slash play. It's an introduction to Soul's curriculum um, and Earth Allies, and it's uh, you know it's an oracle, so we get to play it together. I, I periodically do live games where we get to do it together, which is kind of fun. Um, somebody said the other day they were listening to the Ancestor one, and they said, oh, my gosh, this is so helpful. Like, I didn't know I could open to my ancestors this way. And I'm like, you can, and you can keep doing this meditation all you want. You know, like, if you need guidance, if you need a little support to get there, just keep listening to this. You know, like, come and meet your ancestors. I love it. Helpful. I mean, how people can really heal by doing Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, I really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support. so excited for this next partnership i love cbd i love hemp they have both helped me so much in my wellness journey and i'm always open to partnering with amazing brands that can help others and feel good hemp was started by noah noah's father was diagnosed with cancer and he was on a mission to heal him and that's what he did he created this amazing brand of tinctures gels and bombs the bomb is called the bomb it's really amazing it has the cleanest ingredients just oils and hemp what more can you want from that he's been so so sweet to give my listeners a code 25 percent off free shipping if you use the code divine 25 at checkout uh it's basically the subscription coupon but you're not subscribing you're just getting the deal what's better than that thank you noah we really appreciate you and yeah, so go to Feel Good Hemp and check him out. Divine 25 at checkout. And let me know what you guys think about it. <laughs>